Welcome to another episode of Stokes and Folks. I have to be very careful when I say Stokes and Folks. It's a little bit of a tongue twister. But today's show, we're we're one week out from the end of Utah's 45-day legislative session. And joining us today on Stokes and Folks is Frank Pignanelli, consummate former legislator, consummate lobbyist, professional of Foxley Pignanelli. So you can tell Doug Foxley, I included his name at the introduction of you, Frank. Uh, so... Uh, Okay, and Kate Bradshaw, a current city council woman, Bountiful City Council, and also a uh, superb lobbyist with the um, do you get, it's law firm of, help me out, Kate. Holland and Hart. Holland and Hart. Okay. Uh, and we're here to talk about the last, um, last seven days remaining. Of course, today uh, we're still running. This is being recorded at 3.15 in the afternoon. Uh, on the 26th, a little shout out to my sister, my oldest sister, who is, um, it's her birthday today. She, she was 18 years when I was born. She was embarrassed by the fact that her mother was pregnant while she was a senior in high school, because even in Bothwell, Utah, kids knew at 18 years old how their mother got pregnant. So um, she was embarrassed. Uh, but last day of the session, and or like last Friday, the session, I guess, well, we have one more Friday, but it goes until midnight. So I count that as two days. So um, how do you think the session has proceeded? And uh, what do you think is going to happen next, Frank? Well, the best thing about this session has been the, the, all the available park with no one up here. You know, <laughs> I got that pretty sweet. And, and uh, but I do miss. I, you know, some people don't like it, but I miss this place being the center of activity. You know, every day there's different schools coming in, different groups screaming and yelling and being able to plant myself from the House and Senate and just talking to legislators and lobbyists and others and gathering gossip. That's what I really love. And unfortunately, that's not available this year because of the pandemic and hopefully returns in some form in the next session. Uh, I will say this. I do think legislators have been pretty good at trying to make themselves available to talk with either lobbyists or their own constituents. Yeah, it's. I think it's been uh, it's been pretty fascinating actually to see. Uh, you know, the interns. I feel bad because they're not kind. They're not getting the normal, the normal experience of of being an intern for a legislator. But on the other hand, they're getting this amazing experience about they're they're really key to setting up a meeting this year because you need to do it through uh, through Zoom or. Um, uh, other other means, but uh, Kate, how what have what's been your feeling of kind of wrapping up? You know, uh, in terms of the interns, um, you know, usually during the session, like you know, these are these are college kids, often you know, you know, struggling to make ends meet. It's not like they're paid a lot to do this internship, and usually the session is just full of food, right? There's there's breakfast meetings, there's um, you know, lunches down in the rotunda. Uh, you know, the lobbyists from different alma maters make sure to, to treat their interns, you know, to a fancy lunch, things like that. And so I feel, feel like this year's interns are underfed um, because, you know, <laughs> we're not allowed to eat together anymore. So they're really missing out in that way. But they are, Frank is right, they are key. And, you know, uh, how many legislators uh, haven't been able to figure out how to, you know, unmute themselves in a meeting, if not for their 
you know, 20 something intern who is totally adept at running zoom for them. That that's been a, that has been a plus um, for them to have somebody who's technologically capable uh, on, on sitting next to them. So that, that is a big plus. Hey, one of the things uh, I've, I've noticed besides the fantastic parking, and that is true. And I don't know how we replicate that next year. Um, I, I do believe they have a long-term plan how they can do this. But one of the things uh, with the new building, uh, the new, the new uh, museum office building parking structure, but uh, I do believe that uh, that will be fixed, but that's Frank, we might be long gone by the time that, by the time that happens. The- well, what I loved is after they redid the Capitol, what, 12 years ago, and you would visit with members of the legislature and say, you know, look, parking's a problem. It's not so much for me as a lobbyist, but I see these people coming to talk about Medicaid and they've got disabled children or they're themselves are disabled. They're parking half a mile away. And the, the, some of these lessons, well, I don't have a problem. I said, yeah, because you got underground pro- parking. You don't. <laughs> and, and so my frustration has been the legislators are kind of in, kind of disconnected, I think, from the problem. And so what I worry about is, like you said, is it maybe a long time? And then th- th- there's what they're, they're off the bus route, they're certainly off the tracks route. And I really believe this is the house of the people, and they need to make it a little more conducive parking wise. Because just that long, steep hill up East Capitol or going down, and I live very close to Capitol, but going in the neighborhoods makes it tough. They, they really need to give some thought to it. Well, I, I will tell you, one of the other things I think that's come out of this is the the um, the pandemic has created a situation where the legislature has been forced into becoming very high tech with the broadcasting of their meetings. I think they have a little ways to go. I, I've been telling someone that they need to have they need to have someone go around and make sure uh, that the things behind all the legislators looks appropriate, like the half open blind and the window. You know, I've been counting the days that uh, uh, I've I've seen that half open blind in, in the background of one of the windows, but I, th- I think it has forced them to be more high tech. We talked a little bit about messaging bills. Um, I, I, I ask each of you to come with your favorite messaging bill this year. So, Kate, tell me, what's your favorite messaging bill of the 2021 legislative session? Well, I don't follow instructions well, so I have two favorite. I have a favorite that I think is a good thing that I'm excited about and one that that has been a challenge that I was kind of excited to see. Uh, and I guess before, go down. We, before we do that, give your definition of what, what, what you think a messaging bill is so that everybody's on the same page. Sure. So a message bill is something that, that takes up space, but doesn't actually need to be passed during the session in order for, you know, the state to conclude its business for the budget to be balanced or for people's lives to, to, go on as normal. That is, that is kind of my short definition of a message bill. Uh, so the one that I'm, ex- that I'm kind of excited about, and I would know it's probably one that the, the two of you would support as well, because it, it's uh, in part honor somebody who was a dear f- friend to all three of us, but um, so there's always bills to add new license plates. You know, if you've ever noticed that some people have a, a custom license plate supporting an organization. And this year, Representative Ray has a bill uh, HB 272 to create a license plate for organ donation and the uh, fund that the uh, organ that the, that the money will go to has been named for our, our, our dear friend Allison Gamble, who passed away uh, in December, suddenly very young, um, 
from a sudden stroke and was really critical up here at the Capitol as the director of the Capitol Preservation Board. And quite honestly, in past years, I'd see these license plate bills for, you know, every one of the sports teams, every one of the colleges, any any little cause, and I just kind of roll my eyes about them taking up time and space. But uh, this license plate bill has has been meaningful to me because of of losing that dear friend right before our session started. Um, so sorry to you, take your podcast in a somber direction. Yeah, no. So right your so now Allison uh, has once again helped you change your view about those license plates. Yeah, it's been. Uh, you know, it's probably one where I will, we will be adding a, an organ donation license plate in honor of Allison once that bill passes to one of our vehicles. Outstanding. Okay. That's a positive messaging bill. Uh, and now drum roll for the not so positive message. The not bill. so positive one. Yes. Uh, transgender sports bill. Uh, I didn't feel that that one, um, and, and, you know, to back up, I guess that one's being run uh, by representative Kara Berkland. Um, and it would, uh, it's, it, it's evolved over the session, but would have, um, it started out with a, a ban on, uh, transgender girls being able to play, uh, sports in high school or college or in any other, um, uh, event that might receive any type of state funding. And I think support, like the I've, Olympics, I've heard this mentioned you, uh, played, um, high school sports. And so I think you have a, and I think this was primarily targeted at high school sports since they took out the NCAA um, out of it. It was just high school sports. Uh, um, how would you have felt uh, that? Because it was really, they were t saying protecting girls sports. Yeah. So I, I played uh, high school sports and I played college sports. And uh, this is one where I, I did find it incredibly interesting that um, so many Republican men were excited to be guardians of, of women's sports and women's issues in particular when, you know, those same people aren't, for instance, letting the ERA bill be heard at all. Come um, on, so Kate, we know that, that we know sports, that sports, but I can't maybe own property or have a checking account, but. Uh, hey, the Republican men in the state legislature have always been guardians of your bodies. I mean, let's, let's just be honest. <laughs> That is that is oh, so sadly, uh, but honestly true, Spencer. Yeah, so yes. I, I just didn't feel, you know, having spent, you know, a number of years now up here at the Capitol, um, convinced that these these issues uh, are not, you know, on, on these issues of, issues of gender identity best decided at the state Capitol. I, I think we do nothing but but harm people with these discussions, quite frankly. That is that is my personal view. And I don't you know, we have such a problem with um LGBTQ kids and youth suicide and not feeling like they have a place. And I don't know how they could have gone through any of these hearings and, you know, and, and, and not continue to deepen that, that divide and, and that trench. And um, so it, it's one of those where I didn't appreciate as if as a, as a former female athlete, having uh, that platform used as a cudgel against them, even, even as I want, you know, women's sports to, you know, to have a place in the, in the sun and to shine as well. Okay. Thank Kate. Very good. Two messaging. I, I let's see if uh, Frank Pignanelli did his homework assignment correctly. I mean, Kate got extra credit because she brought an extra one to it, but Frank favorite messaging bill. Well, first of all, I guess being an attorney, I don't, I would tweak the definition of a message bill. 
Uh, to be a message, there's a couple different kinds. The message bill is one where completely they, they know that they'll have no impact. Usually it's resolutions on the federal government or reproductive rights, and they know that it's going to be horribly expensive, but somebody wants to give a speech on it. I usually have one or two sponsors that are committed to it, and it has a life, and, and then, it, then it goes away. And, but sometimes those, those bills that everyone says, ah, this is not going to work, they get a life, and they go. And that happened this year on several different occasions. The most, the biggest one was the device filtering, uh, where uh, Representative Pulsifer said, "I want to divide." And she's run this in the past. One wants to attack it, you know, so that it, it, the default is that the there is a filter uh, for children with phones. And I think a lot of the technology companies other thought, "Okay, we'll have our day in the sun." This thing picked up a life of its own, and it's you know it. Yeah, it, it took off. Um, it took, it, it it took off. And that was a messaging bill talked about we're tired of, of our children being uh, introduced to this type of <clears throat> that type of entertainment. And it took off. And, and it's, you know, it's, it's on its way. The second one, and this is, I think there's like some like sophisticated message, message bills. See, we got a point, and we got a real problem with what X is doing. And, and we're going to, we're going to rate, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to sponsor the most god-awful bill in the history of the legislature just to get your attention and then see what we can do. And the case of this was HB 98, which got every city and town all ramped up. And this is the one where, yeah, and you have to appreciate the brilliance of this bill. Because so so, te, so get, give a little bit of the description of HB 98. I, I, this is I mean, Paul Ray's bill, right? This is Paul Ray's bill. And I love because, because, you just knew it was going to aggravate everybody, and it and it did. And I'm going, there's no way they're going to pass this. They didn't care. They just want to get mad about it. How dare we get a? How dare you do something like this? And what this bill did was so brilliant is that <laughs> is that the developer di didn't have to wait to get uh, his the home or building that he was building. Uh, and you'll have a building inspector from the city. You you can hire your own building inspector to do the approval. So so your foreman. Yeah. Okay. They complete the house. Foreman says, "Oh, I'm my own building inspector. I'm going to get an inspector. Yeah, I give, I give it an okay. There is no way that was going to pass. <laughs> but yet the city said towns got all ramped up. Everybody got everyone got ramped up. They go, they're not going to do it. But that was a, but it was a message bill because it was like we're tired of some cities playing games. We're going to we're going we're to offer you the worst thing. We we went to Satan asked, what's the worst thing you could do to cities and towns? <laughs> he gave it to them." And then in order to force a compromise. So that's that's another version of a message bill. Another great message bill that's probably going to take extra off. extra credit for extra Frank. Credit. Yeah, it's the one that's sitting on the Senate board right now. Senate Bill 228 sponsored by Senator McHale, which is we hate Google and Facebook because they're filtering conservative comments. And and that's the most recent one. And that one's giving people a chance to speak. Yeah, the problem with message bills sometimes is you have to be careful because you could have a backlash. Well, Google's got a significant presence in the state. And, you know, how many more times are they going to get slapped? Or, or you got Facebook's got a significant presence in the state. So you have to be careful. Have your fun, but be careful about it. But that's a message. They're trying to send a message to the big tech and social media that they want to be able to, conservatives should be able to make statements without getting it curtailed. I think you know, it's understandable. Uh, emotions and all that, 
just be careful how you structure it. But but the irony of the irony of this is that uh, you know back during the Tea Party movement, people kind of looked at Facebook and and uh, Twitter was just kind of coming into its own. But Facebook for sure back then, uh, 2010 election. Um, you know, people really credited that for allowing the conservative message to get out and swept a bunch of people into office. Uh, and, you know, I guess I guess you have to worry about too much of a good thing. Right. I mean, they were they were using uh, Facebook um, and social media and the Internet to get their message out. And then uh, then, you know, it not being regulated in the very beginning, maybe it got out of hand and now they're wanting to, to tamp it back. I will say, uh, Kate, you know, with, with regard to the uh, transgender messaging bill, it was really cool to see this week um, uh, Tim Cook and uh, Dan Reynolds and Ryan Smith make a very sizable contribution to Encircle House, an idea that really started in the state of Utah and is now being exported outside of the state of Utah uh, to many other states now where it kind of it gives a, a place for young people who are experience, experiencing uh, sexual orientation issues or identity issues, a place to go feel safe. And um, they should be commended for that. I mean, this is this is a, a complicated time to be a teenager in every way. And uh, any place we can give a safe harbor or a place for them to to be to feel loved and trusted. And uh, especially in a in a community where there's a predominant religious culture that that is that makes it difficult. Okay, so in the in the last few minutes remaining, um, give us a prediction um, about how you see this all wrapping up and what one takeaway from this year's uh, COVID legislative session will be. Frank, Ooh. oh, go ahead, Frank. Uh, Zoom is not going away. I think, I think all of us agree that uh, having a Zoom committee hearing uh, allows for greater participation and those who can't make it. When we had one of the biggest snowstorms in the decade, and you know, I live half a mile, I mean, I live half a block away and I made it, but everyone else is able to participate. That, that, that hearing would have been canceled normally and they were able to do it because of Zoom. So I think you're going to see uh, different levels of participation uh, by legislators and by the public through electronic means. And, and it's more than needed and I appreciate the legislature doing such a great job of trying to increase public access through electronic means. Kate? Uh, I think it dovetails on what Frank just said. Um, there's often been these blocks uh, from the telecom folks in particular on um, different broadband projects, making you know the efforts to do community broadband or treat broadband more like a, a utility rather than private companies. And I think the rise of Zoom um, in all of our lives will, will break that down. And so I think we'll see more of that going forward. Um, you know, one of the most tragic things is when you have someone remotely trying to join a legislative meeting from Zoom and all of a sudden they're frozen or they're kicked out of the Zoom or they sound like foghorn leghorn because they, you know, their, their audio cut out in some weird way. And uh, so I think we will see um, more fiber and, and more of those things that, that the legislature is supportive of rolling out to all parts of the state so that whether it's government or school, you can participate via Zoom more readily. 
And my takeaway is also regarding Zoom, and that is that people will start actually cleaning up the room behind them next year as they participate in Zoom so that we don't have to see their bedroom closet open. Um, and, and so uh, I think you're right. It's here to stay. People will start paying a lot more attention and get a lot more adept at it. It will be interesting to see what the next um, iteration of Zoom uh, or team or any of the other the uh, meeting uh, platforms will look like as we move forward in this uh, in this new age of um, online communication. Hey, thank you for joining us to Frank Pignanelli from Foxley Pignanelli from Kate Bradshaw uh, from Holland and Hart. You've been listening to another edition of Stokes and Folks. Please join us again next week where we'll have some great enlightenment uh, on the last day of the session. Uh, remember to subscribe or like us, or you can uh, you can follow us. And also check out Utah Political Underground. And that's it for today's Stokes and Folks.